0: Welcome to The Irony of Beauty, a weekly podcast hosted by skincare experts Fiona and Rose. They love a good chat and sometimes a heated a debate about all things skin and nutrition, calling out scaremongering, misinformation and misleading marketing in an ever confusing world of beauty and wellness. Please note the information provided is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace qualified medical advice. Sunday morning Rose we made it through another week I mean for me I only just made it through though
1: (laughs) yeah uh, I've had an interesting week this week myself there's a lot going on and beginning of the silly season obviously so you know tension is pretty high we've got some renos going on at the clinic at the moment so just to add to everything else that's going on but yeah lots of fun
0: perfect time of the year your busiest period to do renovations but it looks exciting
1: Yes, I, I should have thought that through a little bit better. But, you know, you got to go with the flow these days, don't you?
0: <laughs> you do indeed. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's what I say. We're here. We're, we're pumping. And today we're talking about men's skincare. And I know this is one I've probably been putting off a little bit because for me, I was like, oh, that's a really boring topic. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, let's do men's skincare because I know you have a lot of men in clinic. And it is something actually that I think. Is worth definitely talking about because I've worked with a lot of men and skin, and I've even taught on men's skincare. And it is interesting if you've ever watched a man do their skincare routine; it is quite different to how a woman would apply product, for instance. So I think there's definitely things we can perhaps help men with, and I think their approach to skincare can be quite different to women as well. Well, and. I actually love working with men with skincare because I have found in my experience, when you prescribe product to a man, he's like, okay, I'll use that then they're really like they're a lot easier to deal with and they sort of well if that's what you recommend I'll use it what else should I be doing and they're very um, black and white sometimes whereas women can be but oh I don't know if I should or there seems to be a lot more guilt recommending products so I find um, men are great to work with with skin they're, they're very so are women of course but okay. I do find men are a lot more compliant actually
1: yeah and and everything you said is correct. I actually really enjoy dealing with men because sometimes it can take a little bit of a push to get them into the clinic, but once they're there, they're just so beautiful to work with because they want to, you know, they've got these concerns with their skin, guys themselves, they don't talk about things um they're kind of also looking at thinking okay is this a girly thing to do am i not being masculine in doing this either but i have these concerns um so it's kind of nice to see a guy take on board the advice and i i guess at the end of the day the one thing that i do pick up with men is they just want to be told what they need to do that they want to take the fluffy stuff out of everything don't make, make them smell like a flower. And as long as they see the changes with their skin, they're happy. They don't want to use a million products. They want something very consolidated in their routine, but they want to see results and changes. They just want someone looking after them and telling them what they need to do, which I really love. Um, there are some differences in men's skincare. You know, we I do handle guys' skin a little differently to girls. So, um, yeah, let's talk about that because I guess when it comes to guys, you know, they're different with women in the sense of their behavioral, um, you know, I guess, approach on on a day to day life, you know, anatomically, their skin is very different. Um, Hormonally, their skin is very different and their environment. A lot of guys work outside. So what you see in a male skin, the density of that collagen, the density of the dermis, um, less fat under the skin as well, you know, is very different to a female's. But they're still prone to aging. They're still prone to saggy skin. They're still prone to lines and wrinkles. So, yeah, it's it, I, I enjoy looking after them.
0: Still prone to sun damage, but they Definitely. tend to look better with age, don't they? I know. It makes you sick.
1: <laughs> um, so they, they do. <laughs>
0: they do. You know, some, oh, well, look, I'm all about embracing aging, I think it's a blessing. Um, and a lot of people don't get that blessing, so I think um, we should all just embrace aging and do what we can to make our fields look and feel, uh, ourselves look and feel better. I think when it comes to men's skincare, as you said, it's all about keeping it simple. I'm probably a man then because I like really simple skincare as well. I don't like long drawn out routines, and to me, it's it's all about common sense and getting results. Which maybe I am a man. <laughs> Um, but I think you know what I see you know with men coming in I love I love a well-groomed man to be honest with you and I'm I probably haven't married a particularly well-groomed man I hope poor old Dave he does get slammed on this podcast Um, I mean he does look he looks good but you know he's not into the whole sort of eyebrows and you know, I have to trim him up a little bit and he's not really into his skincare. I really have to force him to use a moisturizer and um, he's very good at SPF though, but he's not, you know, he probably won't use a moisturizer. I get him on a cleanser and an SPF and I have to force him to use anything else and also help him to use anything else. Because if you've ever seen how a man applies a cleanser, um, it's worrying. And I actually mean that it's worrying because they tend to overuse product They're very heavy-handed with product. And cleansers, we've spoken about this before, cleansers can be quite stripping and drying on the skin. And if you're over-cleansing, then a lot of men shave. So then if you're shaving as well, um, and quite often a man will use quite a harsh shaving product that's also stripping and drying, and sometimes those shaving products like shaving foams do have a slightly alkaline pH as well to sort of soften the skin and soften the hair, um, which we know is going to have more of a, a stripping and, and drying effect. Then if they then put on something really astringent or an aftershave straight on the skin, you know, that's that's a very high alcohol content and perfumed or, should I say, you know, fragrance, um, we could have more, more drying effects. So men can be prone to impaired skin barriers quite significantly, and they're going to get that dehydration and that dryness, which can also lead to, lead to things like um, some skin sensitivity as well. So I think getting to the basic of um, men's skin care, just simple things like how to cleanse, you know, one cleanse, two, if you have to, but I, unless you're working in like an oily kitchen or something like that, um, But a very gentle cleanser and getting the right cleanser is really important Um, and even the right shaving products to make sure that the skin isn't becoming stripped and dry because a lot of men will just pick up a bar of soap and use that.
1: Yeah, exactly, because they don't know. You know, they they don't know what they don't know. So I guess, you know, I always educate guys not just on what they need to use but also how to use it and and how much to use. They want to actually, yeah, see it because, you know, it's just the things that us women take for granted because it kind of tends to come more naturally to us. But for guys, you know, they need to actually visually be shown, you know. So you've just got to spend a little bit more time with them just so they know what they're doing. And and they're so cute because once you tell them what to do, they want to know what to do and they just take it on board. You know, I've had my, my male re- uh, a recent male client said to me, Rose, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. So,
0: exactly. Every man I've worked with has said that. Tell me what to do and I'll do it.
1: That's it. Yeah. So it's as simple as that. I mean, you know, so with a guy's skin, they are still prone to um, sun damage. They're still prone to skin cancer. They're still prone to acne. They're still prone to rosacea, dermatitis, um, you know, skin aging. They're all prone to those types of things. Um, And obviously skin barrier impairment as well. I guess it's just handled a little differently, you know, so They are still very prone to certain things. I've seen lots of rosacea in guys' skin. Um, Acne, obviously, is, you know, a pretty debilitating condition for a guy to have because the minute those androgens, you know, are stimulated, the male hormone, testosterone, you've got the extra oil flow, you've got more open pores, um, they are more prone to acne. And girls can cover things up, guys can't. So they really want to be able to find a resolution with their skin and very quickly. You know, so that's where I guess I feel I have a lot of compassion for guys that are going through, you know, inflammatory skin conditions because they just want to see it gone, you know, Mm -hmm. and quickly as well.
0: Although it's surprising how many men do use things like tinted moisturisers these days. It's quite acceptable. If you get a really good one, um, you don't even notice they're wearing it and it's surprising how many do and are quite open to using something like that, which is great. I do think acne can be an issue, and I think, you know, that's when we'll be looking obviously at the the topical skincare and treatments, and that's when particularly, you know, teenage boys, those hormones are really kicking in, really looking then at diet as well and, mm. and looking at, um, you know, are they having a lot of refined carbs and sugars and things like that that can really affect that that IDF one, um, which can drive hormones even further. That I have found in my experience working topically and with diet is a really important thing. Also looking at things like, you know, protein powders, quite often those whey protein powders, branch chain amino acids, workout supplements, those things that um really attract men, you know, working in the gym, building muscle, and then taking these extra supplements, which tend to be anabolic, which um, aren't going to do acne any favours, looking at that and then then looking at alternatives that they can use that maybe not have such a um, negative effect on potentially skin as well. That's 100% true. Um, a lot of
1: the guys that I do see in clinic are um, very active in the gym. I've got a 19 year old son. So he's also active in, this, in the gym as well. But obviously I've trained him to look after his skin and he's on Um, <laughs> um So the one thing that I do see with guys that are very active in gym, um, they're sweating a lot. They're more prone to acne, you know, so they're also prone to acne on their back because of the sweat as well. So it's just getting them in a very good routine on cleansing, um, ensuring that they are cleansing after the gym session as well and I still give them internal support. I'm still putting them on Omegas, um, liver gut support, prebiotic powder, as you know, I love the purity. That really helps guys quite a lot. I love that powder. I've seen such a significant change in the reduction of acne with purity. Um, so, you know, you're still handling it in a, a similar way but different, you know, um, and, and yes, they are taking protein powders. They are taking performance um I shouldn't say performance enhancement products. Some do, but some do. That's it. So once you see that type of thing going on, that's another level again.
0: Yeah. That that's another level and that's kind of out of scope when it gets to that level because um I think there's also psychological things that you've got to work through with that as well. And that sort of that thing gets to a whole whole other level. And I, I've I've had clients like that. And um yeah that's you know, I've actually referred them on because I'm like, no, this is this is not not my area. Um, so, I think some of those those um, skin conditions. What what do you see a lot of? I know we've mentioned acne. What about you know just a general sort of dermatitis as well?
1: Definitely um, see dermatitis, um, and that comes across uh, comes along with obviously like what you've said with the shaving products that they're using. It makes the skin barrier very alkaline, so I do see a lot of that um rosacea definitely I'm seeing a lot of rosacea in men um acne is a given um and I've actually started to see melasma in men as well believe it or not um obviously they're more prone to sun damage but I've started to see a lot more melasma in particular on the forehead and that's something that you don't see a lot of with guys um you know I am seeing a little bit of that come through now as well and putting them under treatment I've, I've done that as well but it has a tendency to show up again so yeah they're very common skin, skin conditions with guys and obviously the aging side of things as well guys mm. also now for um they're very open to things so they are also open to combining injectables as well so they are open to Botox um just helping to reduce those habits that they have that produce those deep lines and wrinkles you know if they're frowning or um, you know, lifting their forehead, the crow's feet, all of those things um, they're still concerned with. So they are quite open to in- combining injectables and they're open to lots of different treatments now. You know, fractional RF they're open to, skin needling I do a lot of on guys. Um, so they want the deep stuff. They don't want the superficial thing anymore. They want things that actually work and create change.
0: Yep. And eyes, you know, I've, I get yep. asked a lot Um guys ask me a lot about what they can do for lines around the eyes, which obviously there's injectables, um, anti-wrinkle injections are going to work instantly um, or within about a week. <laughs> um, and then, you know, eye products. But as you know, I, I'm not a huge believer in I, I, there's only so much an eye cream can do. I think they're great for puffiness, dart circles, depending on what the cause of the dart circle is. Um some ingredients can help with microcirculation. But if you've got deep lines and eye cream, to be honest, isn't really going to do that much, um, that's when you're going to need something where you don't like an injectable treatment, the the Brotox. Um, yeah. I do think, though, with men with injectables, they need to be very careful and obviously aware of who they go to for injectables because there is nothing worse and nothing more unattractive than a guy that looks like they've had injectable treatments i find that the most bizarre thing when a guy looks heavily um toxed or they look like they've had filler so you know you can have filler around the jawline to um, make the jaw look more masculine but when it's overdone it looks very obvious that they have had filler in the jawline or filler in the cheeks or fill guys having filler in the lips to me looks very obvious and it looks a little bit Well, even with a lot of women as well if it's done a little bit too much can look very unnatural and I think moving away from that is probably a a good thing if you want to have more of a natural look we work in the aesthetics industry so we see it all the time um but i do think seeing guys looking too done i think can be quite unattractive to a woman anyway
1: oh totally yeah you, there's a line that you can cross and that comes down to the injector as well look some male clients want it um some don't they just want something that's very natural and very minimal which i think is important. Um, Another condition that I treat a lot of in men um, is acne scarring. So with their acne scarring, if they've had a lot of severe acne when they were younger, their scarring takes quite a long time to rejuvenate. Yeah. There's lots of pitting, box scars. Um, So yeah, it is harder to rejuvenate because of the density of their collagen and the thickness of their skin. So they really need specific treatments to help with that. Um, I find the fractional RF very good, skin needling really good, PRP is really good. So they're kind of treatments that I would definitely recommend for men that have had severe scarring on their skin. And that is something that really does bother them. And if they have had acne and they do have acne scarring, the longer they leave it untreated, the worse it's going to look as they get older. So Personally, I feel like if they're starting to notice those changes in their skin, I think definitely start having some in clinic treatments to help to rejuvenate the skin, so that you do feel more comfortable and more confident as you get older as well.
0: I've seen um, incredible results. You know, I've had I've had clients post acne with male clients with scarring, pitting. Yes, and just with um, and this is a few years back, mind you but just with the needling, you know, intense needling actually. And I think they had some peels just to sort of improve the appearance of the skin. And the results honestly were life-changing, incredible results because this was really quite disfiguring type of pitting and we got really fantastic results. So I could only imagine if then, you know, we'd then added more, um, you know, fractal and fractional laser-type treatments we could have got even better results. I mean, at the time, I didn't have that treatment available, but incredible what we can do for the skin, which is really exciting.
1: I know. It's, it's so fantastic to see. And the changes in their whole level of self-confidence with their skin is just lovely to see for a guy you know that it's they don't talk about these things but they do feel confident with a therapist once they've kind of created that rapport and that trust they would they do feel confident to talk about how they're feeling about their skin which is lovely and i think that's something we need to honor as therapists as well because they guys are pretty savvy they'll know if they're being oversold to they'll know if the therapist isn't genuinely concerned about their skin but once they do understand you in the sense that you do actually genuinely care for their skin and you're trying to do the best thing for them, you know, the changes that you can get for that client and and the relationship that you build and, and the you know, the confidence that they, you know, have in themselves is just wonderful to see.
0: I think it's also knowing what treatments will work and what won't. So sort of going into a traditional beauty salon and having a yeah. fluffy facial isn't really going to, what's well, not going to do anything for things like acne, scarring for instance so it's understanding that as well as a guy um because it's also hugely intimidating for a guy to go into a clinic um especially a clinic that looks like a beauty clinic I don't think you're going to actually attract many guys in it really needs to be more of a a medical aesthetic clinic that does offer those more advanced type of treatments that that are really results focused
1: agreed yeah it is it's a big thing for a guy to walk into a clinic. I mean, we look after skin health for men and women. So, you know, we're gender neutral. Like whoever, whatever you are, you are welcome in the clinic, you know. So, um, you know, guys generally do feel comfortable when they walk in because it's not, even though we do offer female treatments, but the environment is very much for men and women. So they do feel comfortable. But, yeah, it takes a lot for a guy to walk into any type of skin clinic. It's scary for them, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's intimidating it's intimidating for most people. Yeah. Let's face it. So, um Yeah. I, I think it is. So, let's talk about then male andropause because I know this mm-hmm. is something we spoke about um a couple of weeks ago and you brought it up because apparently was it Robbie Williams was talking about it or something?
1: Yeah, he was in Adelaide um just recently for the Clipsal 500 race and he was doing a concert and he was creating a lot of um I guess, awareness around male menopause um, or andropause. So, yeah, it's interesting because there's a professor here in Adelaide who did a a newspaper article saying that there is no such thing. I know. Yeah. Um, And technically he's actually right because menopause for women is completely different to what guys go through. There is no comparison to what we are going through in comparison to what they're going through. Yes, their testosterone lowers, um, and we are seeing changes in them, you know, and they do experience things like, you know, low sex drive, um, depression, changes in their skin, changes in their body shape. You know, they are experiencing those things, but, you know, and, and the shape of their body. But it, it's in no way the same as what a woman a woman is going
0: through. It's completely
1: different. We are genetically designed to go through those things because we're not meant to have children when we're 60 or 70, you know. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, and that's the thing, and I think if you ask most experts, they would actually say that andropause doesn't even exist, um, yeah. because you know, for a woman with menopause, and we 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 did a podcast on menopause, but you know, your your periods stop and your hormones dramatically reduce, and then you know everything everything <laughs> everything falls to bits, basically. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> With men, you know, they don't go through that. They they basically will naturally produce less testosterone. And I think it's something like, it's minor though. It's something like yep. 1% after yep. they produce less, they produce 1% less, I think, something like that, after the age yep. of
1: 30. 40. Oh, I so um, 40.
0: <laughs> but, but most men or older men still have within normal testosterone levels. So even though they're declining, you know, men can still produce children at like the age of 70 or, you know, some other think or even 80 or whatever. I mean, God knows Italy. what they're leading up to. So they don't really have an andropause, um, although there are some men that will have hormonal issues and could have low testosterone due to something else, you know, and, and will get side effects and symptoms of that. So I don't know what. Robbie Williams has been saying or whether it's just aging or whether he's got testosterone issues or whether it's, I, I don't know why he was actually bringing that up and what his reasoning for doing so was. I don't know if you know. Oh,
1: I think he was just experiencing some symptoms and it was just easy for him to say it's male menopause. I don't think he was educated enough. I mean, Genetically, yes, there's um, male pattern baldness. You know, genetically, yes, they loon, lose lean muscle mass. Like I said, their skin changes, their body shape changes, low sex drive, depression. Um, there's some of the, you know, typical symptoms that men experience when their testosterone lowers. But it's in no way the same as a woman going through menopause. It's completely
0: different. But even the the baldness, that's more to do with, it's not even testosterone, so that's more to do with the the stronger testosterone and having more of that and being more sensitive to it. Mm. Um, so in a way, you know, when they've got more balding, it's a sign they've got, you know, they're, they're more sensitive to the dihydrotestosterone. Yeah. It affects yeah. the follicles. So in a way you could say low testosterone isn't necessarily going to make you lose your hair. That's that's a whole other that is interesting actually because um and I, I think Robbie Williams has got hair. <laughs> he does.
1: Yeah, that's right. He does. Um and you know, genetics play a part in that as well. You know, Definitely. genetics, yeah. yeah. Genetics is a huge thing. And you do see um hair loss in women as well, um, the same way that you see guys. So um different, but the same. Yeah. Hormonally I mean- driven. Hormonally driven, that's what I meant to say.
0: I think, yeah, menopause, women can get thinning hair um, yeah. and stress levels and things like that. With men, there's definitely that that DHT, um, yeah. the, that stronger testosterone that plays a role and or meant to be more susceptible or sensitive to that um, stronger testosterone. And that's why with, with male pattern baldness, um, they actually take the DHT inhib- inhibitors. You know, there are supplements um, and then there are natural DHT inhibitors. So things like, you know, spearmint and pumpkin seeds and even zinc um, is a natural DHT in, inhibitor, which I'm not saying go and take loads of zinc because that can be quite toxic and dangerous. But, um, you know, it's it's interesting. You're actually trying to block that stronger testosterone because that's what's actually causing the male pattern baldness. So, I think basically with men, they're just getting older. And like most things, men don't cope as well as women.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're kind of more aware. You know, we're a little bit more educated because we know that genetically, uh, sorry, I guess, you know, we're designed to go through this, right, naturally, this whole process. Whereas for guys, it's a shock. They're not aware of it. They're not educated enough on it. Um, and they feel like they lose, they're lose, they losing control as well, which isn't good. You know, losing their masculinity I think is something that does affect them a lot. They're seeing the changes that are happening in their body and I think that's something that does impact their self-confidence quite a bit.
0: And I think as well, just with um, talking about losing masculinity, with diet, with lifestyle, you know, I've definitely noticed that the some younger generations coming through that have that very ultra processed food uh diet that are having a lot of sort of xenoestrogens in the diet you can definitely see even their body shape is changing you know and they take on um you know and, and they're getting more sort of you know more breast tissue if you like and their their body shape isn't it's slightly more feminine to be honest with you and i think that hormones, um, what we eat and our environment does play a huge role. Um, so I think that's a whole other debate, but something to be aware of, you know, our diet plays a huge role in our hormones and how we, how we respond to that.
1: Yeah. And that's actually 100% true, you know, and a a guy that has a, a job that's outdoors, like a tradie, Um, their body shape and their skin is very different to a guy that works indoors in an office environment, you know. Um, They're not burning up as many calories. They're not as active. Um, So I do see a lot of differences in their skin as well in comparison to where they're working. So I always ask those questions when I'm consulting a guy. It's very different. Mm, Um, Very different. Very different, yeah. I do
0: love a good tradie though, right?
1: Uh, I know. We've got tradies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we've got. I, mean, I mean, so very stereotyped, but um, you know, some some traders though they're great. They're, they're putting on their SBF, They eat really well. Not some yes. more just eating pies and chips and fizzy drinks. So, um, but but you know taking care of yourself if you're outdoors a lot obviously they need to be wearing their spf but hopefully they're they're more educated um so it really comes down to the individual i mean you can have guys that are working in offices that are working out and taking great care of themselves and i guess we're getting really generalistic here aren't we and we're really like we're getting ourselves into a bit of a hole
1: I know. Look, it is, at the end of the day, it's up to the individual. It's their own lifestyle. It's their diet. It's how they look after themselves, whether they're working indoors or outdoors, you know, sometimes that's irrelevant because it comes down to the individual, you know, and and we assess guys in the same way. It's an individual thing.
0: Exactly. I take back anything I said that was stereotypical. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, you know, with men then, um, what would be some of your favourite treatments?
1: guys definitely skin needling um peels i do do, peels
0: how do they go with the pain
1: they're fine yeah they're absolutely fine um yeah there's it's not very often that i hear a guy complain about needling and i'm doing needling for not just for aging in men but also for treating acne as well so yeah it's really great like they're fine um i don't think they would let me know if that went yeah, came Yeah, same.
0: I've actually <laughs> never had that issue either.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, no, they're, um, they're good. Uh, so skin needling is great. Peels are really great. Fractional RF and your PRP. They're probably the treatments that I would go to for guys 100% because they want something that's effective, that's quick, that's not fluffy, and they're not in the clinic for copious amounts of time.
0: And they follow the home care. Yes, yeah, which they do. Yeah, they do. They're they're very good at that, and they're like, "Well, show me what to do, and I'll I will do it," which is very good. So, look, I think the main takeaway here then is, you know, making sure that you know with guys' skin, we're getting onto the right skincare regime. Um, ask for professional guidance and help. Find out how to use that product because I have even had guys that have you know put a cleanser on and not known, and women the way um but when people really don't know anything about skincare they'll put a cleanser on and not actually realize they have to remove it
1: mm, exactly yeah um, you have to show them like physically show them they're visual they want to see um so you physically show them how to use a product how much to use a product and where to put it you know you have to show them
0: mm, mm. um I mean I I remember working with a guy once and he was using deodorant and he didn't put it in the right place like it wasn't and wondered why it wasn't working.
1: They're so cute, aren't they? They're just so sweet.
0: Because um, so- nobody, nobody had actually shown him where to put it, which well, if they- you think about it, right, that's quite logical. Like, I mean, it's logical that you wouldn't know unless someone actually tells you where to use it.
1: Exactly. That's right. No, and, and they don't know what they don't know. So. They were using it as a
0: body spray, not under yeah. the arms. Yeah. Um, and we'll have to do a whole separate ep- episode. I think I did on my other podcast once about what people do do with products is, is um, you know, unless you actually tell someone how to use a product or some products need to be removed with a cloth, some need to be washed off, some need to be left on. It's not obvious to people if they don't come from a skincare background. And I think we may not realize how we have to explain things to people. You know, don't use retinol or retinol around the eye area as an eye cream. You know, people don't know that. They go, oh, it's anti-aging. I'll use it around my eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they wonder why they have a reaction. So what may be obvious for somebody that works in the industry just is not obvious for someone that doesn't I've had people where I mean years ago I don't know if you remember that there was uh, you know body butters um people were li- I've had people literally use that as a butter eating oh it. really yeah oh my god okay because it said butter Ah, oh, so
1: they yeah didn't understand
0: um you know and detox oil where people have been putting it on their salad thinking it was oh it's got a bit of a funny taste and it's like okay well that um that's because you're meant to put it on your body but I can see how that happens and then you know multivitamin capsules where they've taken them internally but you actually break them open and you're meant to put them on your face however it's so confusing now because now you can take pills for your skin and you swallow them. So the poor consumer, yes. how do they know if they meant to put it on the skin or ingest it? And I had someone um, write in about the the Vitasol collagen and said, "Oh, I wasn't I wasn't sure about it. I didn't really like it." And I said, "Well, how did you take it?" And they they had taken a teaspoon of it neat in the mouth and hadn't mixed it into anything. Um, have you ever done
1: that? Have you ever tried that?
0: Um, It goes hard, like toffee.
1: I know. I tried it once because I was curious. I just wanted to see what happened. It was like a glue in my mouth. (laughs) I thought, oh, my God, no. It's definitely designed to be mixed in water. So, yeah, look, we have a duty of care as therapists, practitioners, whatever you want to call yourself. Um, You need to show your client what to do. And guys themselves are very visual creatures, so just show them visually how much where to put it, and when to do it. It's it's easy.
0: But I I think I may have said with the collagen, take two teaspoons daily. But I didn't say put it in your coffee. I said take two teaspoons daily. So they literally took two teaspoons daily, which is totally understandable. So, again, it just goes to show how much we have to um, explain things because... It's so obvious thinking back now that, oh yeah, I should have said in coffee. And maybe I forgot to say in coffee and they just took the two the two teaspoons. So it's really yeah. interesting. So take away, you know, show show everyone really, not just men, how to use the product. Keep the routine simple. Um, and I think, you know, the real information here is really be guided by the skin experts to be able to know what treatments are suitable what products are suitable um, and bringing in that integrative skincare approach, diet and lifestyle, how that may actually be affecting the condition of the skin as well, um, because that can play a huge role when it comes to those skin conditions and how we manage them in clinic.
1: Definitely. Yeah, absolutely right.